The following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. You're listening to the Green Over Everything podcast with Jonesy and my man Brown. Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back again on the world famous Green Over Everything podcast with your boys Jonesy and Brown. That is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. We've been talking Eagles all week. Jonesy, we, we got to shift a little bit because of today's guest. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Because, yeah, <laughs> today's guest, uh, he helped me change my mindset and how I operate in these Twitter streets. <laughs> this man challenged something that I had based my whole social media presence on. I was, you know it, and and we've talked about it. I was somebody who felt that I needed to use social media as a way to give people the smoke. And I did it every day. This man, today's guest, he used to come on Twitter and he would say, why are you we never met before? Why are you giving them so much energy? And I was like, you know what? This man is right. I don't need mm-hmm. to be doing that anymore. And I've tried to change for the better. But I got to admit, these last couple of weeks, yeah, man. <laughs> there have been a lot of people begging for the smoke. Yep. And I try. Playoff started. Yeah, you know, my te- our team had a bye. <clears throat> so that first week of the playoffs, I was cool. I was just letting it play out. All right, enjoying the football. <laughs> hey, you know, it's great. Then you see the Giants lose. Then the Cowboys lose. And their fans start chirping. Oh, man. Their fans start chirping and chirping and chirping. And then they're throwing shade our way. Oh, there ain't no way the Eagles going to beat the 49ers. No, the 49ers are a real team. They have a real quarterback. I just want to know at what point do people stop messing with statue? Right? That, like, <laughs> that's what I want to know. At what point are we just going to stop putting opposing teams' gear on the statue? Mm-hmm. The, the whole Brocky thing that was not going to lead to anything good nope. for, the, for the 49ers. You're just adding more fuel to a, to a city, to a fan base that's already coming in into that building more juiced well, up you, than anything Brock Purdy's ever experienced in his life. You saw somebody you saw somebody put a t-shirt uh, a Chiefs t-shirt on Yeah, I don't know. I don't that, know if I'm buying that one yet. That's too easy. Like that somebody like figured out what was happening yes. and they're like, oh let, let me go ahead and do that. Yeah. No, no, no. That one's too I easy. Would, yeah, I yeah I that would, felt like I an Eagles fan. Been, right. I would not have been shocked. If that was uh, if that was Philly shirt, just turn inside out. So just wrote Chiefs yep. on the other side. Yep, mm-hmm. I got you. Yeah. No. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I guess it's Atosh Shed, <laughs> another uh, a man who does ten million shows, and once again, they're all good. You see him not anymore, but thank locks. you, man. You, look, you still you still you do a lot of work, oh bro. You are you always out in these streets hustling, and we're glad you took the time to, to chill with us. I am not going to spend a lot of time. I'm not going to waste your time 
by spending a lot of time talking about the chirping of the 49ers fans who've been doing a lot of chirping. They can't help themselves. I know. They can't, bro. They're fans and players. They're fans and they're players just whining. What happened to those guys? Were you shocked by are you shocked by the amount of of just crybaby loser energy coming from the 49ers? I'm not shocked. I, I mean, I, I almost I almost kind of get it in the sense of like if Jalen Hurts was knocked out of a football game in the playoffs and the Eagles lost that football game, I think a lot of us would be upset and a lot of us would feel like Come on, man. Like, are you serious? That That's how we go out. But here's the thing. That wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo. That wasn't Trey Lance. That wasn't Johnny Garoppolo. That was the third-string quarterback who was riding this Cinderella story, and it's only a matter of time before the other shoe drops. Sometimes that other shoe is a bad football game. It's a good coordinator. It's four guys with double-digit sacks. It it doesn't Mm -hmm. look the same every time. He happened to get hurt. But Niners fans, in, in thinking that they had a shot, really with Brock Purdy in the first place, Come on. Like, you've been listening to George Kittle too much. You got to slow that stuff down. Like, Go ahead. Now, say for me, like, to your point, like, while I was looking at the the matchup prior to that game, there, I struggled to find more than three positions, four positions. Maybe I might say the 49ers were better. Maybe you go across the offensive line, the defensive lines, the secondaries. Like you okay, 49ers, you give okay, give you Bosa, I'll give you Kittle, I'll give you Fred Warner. Uh offensive line mate, Trent Williams, you know, versus Eagles offensive linemen, you know, they're both really, really good. And then after that, how much are we really talking about? Like, Not much. D- like Debo's good. I like A.J. Brown. Brandon Ayuk right. is solid. I like Devonta Fox Smith. He's you know? That's right. You know, Kittle versus Goddard, that's kind of a toss-up at this point because Goddard's been developing into a very good player. So there aren't a lot of positions where I really thought the 49ers had an edge going into that last last game. So I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something, but how did you see that game going in? It was all about the quarterback, and that's what I think makes this game so much more difficult to call because you knew, like you knew you needed, if you were San Francisco, you needed in that deep of the season going up against that caliber of a defense, you Mm. can't hide Brock Purdy. They, they're going to find you out, right? Like, you're going to get your card pulled if you think, oh, hey, hey man, you know, you just, you just hang in the back and hopefully they won't card you. Uh-uh. This is the, <laughs> the hot-level club right here where everybody's getting carded, right? Like, you're not mm-hmm. sliding in there. They got three bouncers out front, and they're all on headsets. You ain't getting in there by blending in, right? Like, you're going to get your card pulled. And, and that's, that's what I think, Mike, you know, was the biggest thing for me was, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
you know, anybody that wants to talk about Kittle or even Debo or Trent Williams or Bosa, and, and it was one guy. Now, granted, tight end is one position with one guy, but even the offensive line, like you've got Trent Williams, defensive line, you've got Joey Bosa who's going to stand out. And I get it, like Warner, you've got other guys on there who can play the game, don't get me mm -hmm. wrong, but the Eagles have multiple guys at these positions that you fall back on, especially the offensive line. So mm -hmm. that that's what that was it. It was the quarterbacks. Like you you could not get around away from the fact that one team had Jalen Hurts and the other team had Brock Purdy. Again, come on. Say that out loud. One team had Jalen Hurts, the other team had Brock Purdy. Who do you think is gonna win that football game? <laughs> exactly. 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 And yet for some Ooh. reason, they're they're trying to impede on our need to talk about this Super Bowl coming. Our team's still playing. <laughs> right, right. The team we follow is still playing. We have a game to play. So I'm trying to put them behind me because, like I said, Aton, I'm going to put – I'm not going to give these people any more smoke. It's hard. It's, it's a hard it life to hard. live. Those, you know, those tweets may go viral if you start attacking people. You never know. We put it out there, and they – They've been mad. I'm like, look, man, your coach got out coached. That yep. that vaunted, that vaunted San Francisco defense got manhandled in the trenches. Both was neutralized. Hey. Warner was a non-factor. What else is mm -hmm. there? What else is there? But we're not playing the 49ers again this week. Well, Sunday, we're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. At this point now, you're sizing it. You're sizing it up. How confident are you going into this weekend? So I'm I'm probably more confident than I should be in the sense of like all year I really haven't called many blowouts, right? Like if I'm doing stuff, you've I've been there. Mm -hmm. I've been feet from you, JB, on on the morning, right? And you know I I'm not really doing and, and that's the thing it's not jonesy so much like oh you know i don't trust this team it's just hard to blow a team out week in and mm -hmm. week out right and and that offense was cooking and, and still it was like yeah a little bit mm -hmm. and you know i'd say like 21 17 and they'd massacre a squad or something like that i i don't know if this is the final score but i can't get 31 17 out of my head i just i cannot get that score out of my head and and i think that best represents how confident I am in the Philadelphia Eagles. And you know what? This could be 17-17. This could be 17-14 Chiefs. But we've seen that at some point, and again, like I'll use another cross-sport analogy here. At some point, you look over and you're, you know, 50 meters into the 100-meter dash, and all of a sudden, Usain Bolt, Michael mm -hmm. Johnson, whoever you want, just, just starts. Just start, and now it's like a horse. If you're watching a race, like somebody or something, whatever it is you're watching, a human being or a horse, all of a sudden that anchor, right? That that mm -hmm. goat, if you will, just starts mm -hmm. kicking it up, and it's like, damn! All you see is Michael Johnson's gold cleats or some shit, right, going by, and you're like, mm -hmm. damn, that dude was third with half of the. It's almost like mm -hmm. they were trying on purpose. Mm -hmm. I don't think the Eagles gonna try on purpose. But I, I have these two thoughts in my head, right? It's like 31-17. I don't know how the Chiefs offense ultimately keeps up with the Eagles offense. And it's probably going to be tight in the first quarter, first half. 
And then that Eagles, like a true sprinter, they pull away. And it's like you're you're looking at them like, man, what I, I had I had a length on you, and you just beat me by two and a half lengths. Like that's what I think Jalen Hurts in this offense can do, most likely in the second half. I, I honestly, mm -hmm. man, 31-17 just keeps calling my name. That's interesting. I like it. You, I had this actual same margin of victory, but with I gave each team an extra touchdown. I okay. had it at 38-24. Yeah, yeah. But I can see that. I, I, I'm feeling a real similar way about the game. It's just I, I don't see a way Kansas City's defense can do enough to slow down a balanced Eagles offensive attack. Um, mm. If you're the Chiefs, what do you do to stop the Eagles? They can run. They can yeah. throw. They can throw deep. They can throw short and run after. Like, what do you do to stop a team like that? I wonder if you're the Chiefs, to answer your question, Jonesy, and, and if you're Steve Spagnolo and you're the defensive coordinator, I wonder if the answer to your question of what do you do is actually what we haven't been doing. And what I mean by that is no team blitzes more on third down than the Chiefs. They mm -hmm. love to blitz on third down. It's almost like Jalen Hurts wants you to blitz him, right? It's like he's in, because now it's like, okay, he's baiting you. You make a move and then he can do what he wants. He can run, he can throw, he can create, he can extend, he can do whatever he wants, right? He can just gas you out and make you run a couple of extra yards, even though he's running out of bounds for a yard. He's in control. If, if the Chiefs slow down, and spy a little bit more on third down if they clog the middle of the field a little bit more because they get killed by the tight end. If the Chiefs are less aggressive on third down specifically when it comes to blitzing Jalen Hurts and, and the quarterback in general, that I think is their main key on defense. I don't think it's going to happen, and mm. it's no knock on Spags. It's like, hey, man, I, I'm over here talking with y'all. Steve Spagnuolo is about to coach a defense in the Super Bowl, right? So. Right. You know, the three of us can say everything we want. Like, Jonesy could come out and be like, hey, they, they got to do X, Y, and Z. And at the end of the day, you're just having a conversation with me. You're not talking to Jones or, you know, anybody else out there on that defense like Spags is. So I don't think he will is my point because the three of us probably know better. But come on, how often has somebody told you to do something different and you're like, you ain't telling me I've done this. I know what I'm doing. So I, but, but honestly, that would be it. And, and look, I don't know if it's possible in two weeks to revamp. I mean, that, that would be like taking the RPO out of the Eagles offense. You are gutting a fundamental metric for their success by doing something like that. So, you know, my answer is if he's, if he just blitz less on third down and put somebody back out there preventing Jalen from running a little more. I just don't see him doing it. But here, here's the thing, and I, and I want to get both of your opinions on this. I feel like after that second, uh, that second Redskins game. Yeah. You started mm -hmm. to hear, you, you heard a little bit of the talk. Commanders. Commanders. <laughs> Sorry. Redskins, Commanders, football team. My, my bad. <laughs> but, <laughs> But but nonetheless, I heard I, I, I heard that that uh much evil as far as the Eagles. They were expo they were exposed. Like there was a blueprint to how to beat them in that game. 
But for me, when you look back at that game, you saw a lot of self-inflicted wounds. Like, was there yeah. re- was there really a, a, a blueprint in a how to beat them? Maybe if anything, it w- might have been suggested. Hey, if you successfully run the ball, keep Jalen Hurts off the field. Maybe, mm-hmm. but then what? They went out and reshored up that de- that interior line, bringing in Sue, uh, and, Sue and, and other Joseph. guys and right. Joseph, and then now once again that's not a problem. So here you have a team, a three loss team. Two of those losses came with their backup quarterback. One of those losses, you know, you can was as close to a fluke, you know, a, a fluke loss as you can say. You know, there there are no real, you know, fluke losses. You know, loss is a loss, but it's as close uh, as you can make it. Is there really a blueprint on how to beat the Eagles out there this season? There is, but nobody's reading it. And, and uh, it's uncanny that they're taking on a team in Kansas City. And I'm going to give you the blueprint to beat the Chiefs heading into this year. This year's a little different because injuries and they lose Tyree Hill, which hasn't really hurt them clearly. They're back in the Super Bowl. But the defense is is not the same kind of a, as we've seen. But up until this year, when you had Mahomes and Andy Reid together on the Chiefs, they were in the back end, like not even bottom third, like bottom two or three teams in the NFL when it came to rushing yards against. They were giving up chunks. You could gash this Chiefs defense on the ground. But, and I'm not saying that you can gash the Eagles, but they have been susceptible at times, pre and post the arrival of those two guys. At times, and granted, the running back, Mm -hmm. depending on the talent. But point being is the blueprint was in order to beat Mahomes and Reed, you can't abort the run game. Like you're down 10 points, you're down 13 points in the second quarter. You have to keep running. You have to keep managing the clock. You have to keep really those other guys off the field, as you mentioned, JB. And it's mm-hmm. also, you, you have to capitalize. You, you have to move the ball. You have to in, inflict your will on offense from a physical standpoint. You can't go three and out. But what happened is teams looked over on the other side. And they saw Andy Reid, and they saw Patrick Mahomes, and they thought to themselves, and I got to keep up with those guys. I got to <laughs> throw because they're going to score points. When they get the ball back, Mahomes is going to drop back. He's going to throw 50 times, and they're going to they're gonna score points. So coaches were out thinking themselves and trying to stay a move ahead before the other guy even made a move. And it was mm-hmm. so often that they fell into that trap. Now, you fast forward to this year. That's exactly what was happening with the Philadelphia Eagles. When they were going on that tear, teams would look up. They'd be down by 13, 17 points, and then that's it. You wouldn't see a running back. And if you did, it would be few and far between. So, uh, And this is what I wrote about like a couple, maybe like a month and a half ago or so on Philly Voice. The book is out after they lost to Washington. I, I put it like this, fellas. The book is out on how you can beat the Eagles, but nobody's reading it. And, and nobody's going to pick that up, right? I mean, this is a cover that's got, like, gray on it and just the name of the book on it. You know, like, nobody's picking that shit up huh? unless you know the book. So, with that being said, this Eagles offense, what kind of performance are you expecting to see from Hurts? More of a game where he's a, a game where he's throwing it all around the field? 
efficiently? You're expecting him to have to pull it down and run a little more? Or are you actually expecting to see Sirianni lean on the ground game? Because this is a team that's capable of doing it all multiple ways. Yeah, and and I don't think – so here's the the answer is it's going to be one or the other, but I don't think anybody truly knows going into it, right? Because Mm -hmm. like – and I'll explain that in the sense of Jonesy, like would it shock you if the first play of the game was up top to Devontae Smith and then they ran the ball four straight times and then hit like Dallas Goddard twice deep middle and, and, and then ran it in to score, right? Where you had some big plays in the air, but you mm-hmm. had more, more run plays than pass plays. So I think, I think the game plan is to stick to the run. I think the game plan is to be, you know, 55, 45, 60, 40 run pass. But when you see the game and when we think back on the game, the plays that are going to stand out, and, and it's no knock on AJ. I just think that the, the Chiefs are going to do what they did with Jamar Chase, and they're really going to do everything they can to take AJ Brown, limit him, which is Devontae Smith, Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. Those are going to be the two guys, in my opinion, that we're going to be talking about the most on offense, outside, of course, the obvious, which is Jalen. So to answer your question, I think it's I think it's like, you know, maybe 40, 45 yards on the ground. I don't think he tucks one to get in. I, I wouldn't be shocked, you know, two minimum, three max. I would be surprised if Jalen Hurts doesn't throw for 250 and two touchdowns as kind of like a baseline. I'll take that. I'll take that. And do you, I guess a question I've asked our guests this week, do you believe that Jalen Hurts has to be Super Bowl MVP in order to, for the Eagles to win this game? No, because – Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham, you've got guys on the other side who can wreck a football game. Now, Chris Jones, like, I get it. The Chiefs have a guy there as well, but they have guys who can wreck a football game. And, you know, so much is up front, and rightfully so, right? You've got four grown mm-hmm. men who have won individual battles to the tune of double-digit sacks, each one of them. And it's just a, a ridiculous accomplishment. I don't know if we'll see that again, what have you. I know 17 games, so... Who the hell knows with the extra game? But point being, it's not just him. Meaning, if I gave you two picks, one touchdown, one tackle for loss, would you be surprised if either Bradbury or Slay had that line based on how they could get to Patrick Mahomes and disrupt that offense? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not just the defensive line, fellas. I think it's the product of the defensive line. It's it's most likely one of the two cornerbacks who is significantly benefiting more than anybody else from the pressure. Now, it could be Redick again. It, it could everybody's got a plan on how to stop that Eagles offensive front. They had a plan all year and you had mm-hmm. four guys with double digit sacks. So, my answer is no actually and, and and pretty quick of a no in which we have seen the Eagles handle an opponent in which Jalen Hurts is like, "Damn, did he even play?" Mm-hmm. So it seems like we kind of all feel similarly about the game. Then my next question is, why hasn't this line moved from one and a half? Good question. Great question. So Mm -hmm. the Super Bowl, it takes a lot. Because think about this, right? How often 
Have you been at a party or been on social or been at the shop, right? Like somebody yelling in the back as they're getting cut from toot or somebody being like, mm -hmm. man, you know, I'd bet all year, but I'm going to bet on this one, right? Like that's just the nature of the Super Bowl. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's, man, I only place a couple of bets and I'm going to place this big one on the Super Bowl. Maybe that's 50 bucks for a big one. Maybe that's a thousand dollars, right? Maybe there's some crazy venture capitalist who's like, yeah, I don't watch football, but uh, every year I throw a million dollars on the underdog or you know that mattress mac idiot right who's mm -hmm. betting on both sides <laughs> in order for pr what have you point being though jonesy is that this isn't a typical line in a typical market there's way too much money that comes in that's just hard to track or it's new money it's it's one or two times over type money so to move a line in the super bowl takes a lot of money unless there's something happening right like an injury or something crazy mm -hmm. like that this this is a true reflect, and it, it's two two and a half. At one point, the Eagles were a dog, and now they're favorite. So it's gone through zero a couple of times. But the short, the, the easy answer is that the books, none of these books, want to give liability to either team, like take risk with either team. None of these books want to give three points because fourteen percent of games fall on four, on a three point margin of victory. It bumps mm -hmm. up to over twenty percent when the spread is three points or less. It's really easy to fall back on. Yeah, the Eagles are going to kill him, but Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. The book mm -hmm. aren't – so that's the thing. All this money coming in, neither side is worth a risk, even up to three points, three measly little points. So mm -hmm. that should tell you that everybody is preparing for a close game. Doesn't mean it's going to end close. But it's, it's not going to be a blowout, at least for three, three and a half quarters, or there's a backdoor cover, what have you. But it shows you the amount of respect that I think the books have. And there's a reason why those casinos go up to the sky. And, you know, you and I and JB don't own casinos <laughs> from betting. But exactly. I, I, think th I think it's just a matter of respect. It's not disrespect to the Philadelphia Eagles, but it's like, no matter what narrative or, or what story or, or what drama or math you come up with, you're still going up against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. That's true. That's true. So given all the money that, that's going to be a transaction, everyone their money, right? like for you, where, where, where do you go? Are you into the prop bets? Are you just right there? You got a parlay going exactly what, what route do you take or, you know, the Super Bowl and how you get your money right? So I think you have to break it down into tiers, right? You have the game. The game can be a side. It can be a total. It can be a team total. It can be anything that impacts the game, right, as far as the, the game or the, the team sides itself. Who wins? How many points are scored? That's one tier. The next tier is player props. And, and that is where the, their softer lines are. It's easier to beat the books on player props, even though this is just one game, and, and kind of go from there. And then the third tier is just madness, right? Like delving into the most ridiculous shit you can find out there and then betting that. So top tier, I, I have a ticket. I got them at plus 600. So I'm invested in the Philadelphia Eagles at uh, plus 600 to win this thing. I don't need to place a bet on the side. I do like going under anything 51 or higher. And currently at the time in which we're talking, it's at 51. I think 
going under 51 is fine. You want to buy up 51 and a half and go under that. That's fine. That would be my favorite bet when it comes to just the game itself would be to go under 51 and a half. It's just hard, man. And and even like 31, 17, 48 points, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's just hard to get over 50. 51 is a key number, but that's the highest key number of totals, meaning games don't usually fall higher than that typically to be a key number. So I I like that's my biggest one for the top tier is to go under that. Uh, Second tier player props, I'll give you two that I really like. I think Dallas Goddard from a value standpoint, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Those are the two guys that you want to target because everybody's going to be on A.J. Brown and rightfully so. You're just going to get a better return for Dallas Goddard than you are Devontae. It's no knock on Devontae Smith. It's just 20 points better for an anytime touchdown or 20 or, you know, plus 100 versus minus 120 to go over receiving yards. Whatever it is, that small little edge, I'll mm-hmm. play on Goddard over Smith only because I think both guys are going to be heavily targeted and both guys are going to have themselves a game. It's just easier for that. If you want a Smith prop real quick, I would go over 23 and a half longest reception. I think that's the best, safest play you can do. Uh, The other player prop I'll Mm -hmm. give you real quick is Isaiah Pacheco. He's going to be targeted. He is going to be thrown to. Patrick Mahomes has to get that ball out fast, and it's not just going to go to Travis Kelsey or whoever else is on that wide receiver, MVS or Juju, what have you. They throw to Pacheco. 15 and a half receiving yards is super low. That's two grabs for Pacheco. I love going over that, and I think that correlates to the Eagles winning, Chiefs being down. And if you want madness, if you really want madness and you want to delve into the depths of insanity here, any it's a two-part bet. Any offensive lineman to score a receiving touchdown, that's on FanDuel. <laughs> and then the backup bet on that is both Kelsey's to score a touchdown. That's even worse. That's like 200 to 1 versus the other one that's like, you know, I, I think it's like 100 to 1. But here's my thinking, okay? Nick Sirianni is not going to run the Philly special because he has too much respect for what happened the first time around. But this is Jason Kelsey's last game, right? Like, he's on his way out. Sirianni's a creative SOB, and he's and he's got enough balls, stones, chutzpah, whatever you want to call it, right? He's got enough of that to where I think he could turn around and do something crazy. Get Jason Kelsey in the end zone, especially if it means, like, can you imagine you retire and you as a center score and your brother, the tight end, the best tight end of all time, all this other shit, he doesn't score. Like, that's Mm. one hell of a parting gift. So my, my thought process is I want any offensive lineman to score a receiving touchdown, but I'm also covered if Jason Kelsey on that both Kelsey score, I'm covered if Kelsey tucks it like, you know, refrigerator Perry or some old stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Nah, I'm, I'm going to look into this, try and get my money right for this. There you, you go. Know, that's all. Give me some extra money for Valentine's Day, you know. There you do go. Some, do something better than Applebee's this year. You know? Yeah, you got to step your game up, man. I saw exactly. those pictures, man. Exactly. Come on. Come on. <laughs> hey, Ty, what, hey, what you got going on this week, man? Where can people catch you? Uh, with you, I'm sure. I'll, I'll probably yeah. see you tomorrow. I'll probably see you Friday. I, I see JB more than I see my wife and kid, and I'm sure they're happy about that. Don't get me wrong. But uh, Fox 29 for sure. Be doing. Uh, we have an Eagles show 6.30 Friday night and then again at 10 o'clock at night 
So I'll be doing a lot there. Betting stuff, probably quick, but I'll be on there. And then it looks like once the Eagles win, I'll be doing stuff Sunday night on Fox 29 as well. So that's the easiest place. Thank you. There you go. There you go. Well, we'll be looking forward to all the coverage. And yeah, man. Definitely looking forward to an Eagles win. Yes, sir. We both, both got them cover, covering the spread and going on to another parade on Broad Street. And Beautiful. So. Beautiful. It's a great time to be a Philly fan. Absolutely, yes, man. You know, I feel like the Phillies run was like it was more than an appetizer. You know, you have a favorite restaurant that has small plates, right? Tapas or whatever the, the terminology that may be. It's not an appetizer, but it's not an entree. But it's like you could go and eat two of those and you're and you're oh, yeah. good. Couple of drinks and, and two of those small plates. That's what we got with the Phillies. It was like beautiful, but I know there's an entree coming and that's Sunday. <laughs> I hear you. I like it. I like it. I like the sound <laughs> of it. Akon, thank you, my friend. You got it. Uh, we all agreed Pusher got robbed, right? <laughs> of course. Okay. Absolutely. Of course. Absolutely. Josie's like, I, I don't have time to disagree with him. Uh, I mean, if we start Jody, that conversation. Nope, nope. We'll do it on social. We'll do it on social. Uh-huh. Exactly. We, we know what happens when we start that conversation. I know. I know. And then, and then at some point, we can count on Toot to twi- chime in with life after death. Yep. You know it. He, it's got that sweet save. There's no such thing as Jonesy not having time to disagree with somebody. <laughs> that, All doesn't, good. that doesn't exist. Uh, and you know what? I love him for it. Absolutely exactly. love him for it. Exactly. Thank you, Aton. We appreciate you, brother. You got it, fellas. All I the thank best. You. Thank you all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was Aton Shander. It's been a real good week. We're going to keep on going. We're going to have guests tomorrow. We'll have guests Friday. We're just going to keep on going until we run out of guests and it's just time to kick, off the, uh, kick the football yeah. off, man. Kick off the game. We'll just keep they on get- going. They gave us the long wait. We're going to make use of it. Make sure everybody got all the information they need before the Eagles do their thing. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Green Over Everything podcast. That is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. Remember, you can download this. Just go to bitwsports.com or you can search Best in the World Sports wherever you get your favorite podcast. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at BITW Sports and at Jonesy and Brown. You have a good night. We will talk more football, more Eagles, and more Super Bowl later on this week. Peace, y'all. Peace. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to the Green Over Everything Podcast with Jonesy and my man Brown.